<laughs> Rosenberg, you're just like Daddy. Hi, Topher Brophy. Hi. 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 Tama and Tina here, co-presidents of Houston Pet Set. We're so happy to see you today. Who are the little guys in the background? Uh, these are llamas that I keep close to me, as many animals as possible to kind of help maintain the innocence internally versus, you know, the external factors, which are often hard to swallow in the world. You're so right. You know, I was just reading something. I'm just going to jump into this. Eckhart Tolle was talking about animals and why we're so connected to them. And he believes that they're very connected to source, whether, whether your source is God you know, higher power, whatever it might be, uh, the nature. And he just said, we gravitate to them because we're, we're all creatures who really want to be close to that source, to that goodness, to truth and love. And so I, I'm so with you and Tina is too. We've always loved every animal and tried to be around every single one we could. We tried to rescue cows and calves and squirrels and any, any little goats, go, goats. Yeah horses, mm-hmm. any little four I just, creature. I just want to say creature. you two are so wonderful and the things that you do for dogs and for animals and your organization, the time and dedication that you give is just so heartwarming. I'm so honored that you contacted me and wanted to have me on the podcast. So I, I'm, I'm touched and I'm I just want to say thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank well, you. let's let's start there. Like yeah. how we, Jill was the one, our precious Jill Archibald was the one that introduced us to you. Correct, Emma? Well, we were we were um, made very aware of you mm-hmm. a few years ago by um, a woman who has, oh, was right. writing a book, and she was in Houston. And we struck up a wonderful conversation in a jeweler, jewelry shop where she was um, she was um, there because she was the author of the book. And she mentioned you and she said, you have to meet my wonderful, wonderful friend. So we've known about you, but never have really known how we could connect. And then when the podcast came up, I said, Jill, what about Topher? And she, of course, got in touch with you. And, and we had a, a small conversation, but... Um, it felt like a conversation that could go on for decades because we were so aligned in how we feel about animals and what they mean to us. And so that's what the podcast is here is here today to talk about is really what your what your journey has been with with Rosenberg and what it has meant to you. Well, what's so special is that there's so many of us, I mean, billions of us that feel this way, that the animal companions in our lives really are our North Stars, really are our connections to a higher calling, a higher power. We can all have any kind of other beliefs and religions and philosophies that do not conflict, that all, as far as I'm concerned, come from the same place. And that really is to connect with others, to connect with humanity, to connect with love, which is the driving strongest, most contagious force in the universe, mm-hmm. and that also is intertwined with innocence. Mm-hmm. And innocence is something that, just through my life experience, something that you know we all are born with, and and then we all, to some degree, we lose as we go through our tribulations of realities, which can be harsh, as situations can be difficult in our lives 
I think part of that has to do with the fact that we're born with these instincts. And then we also have our rationality and our reason. And with that, you know, we understand our mortality. And those things kind of come into conflict as we go out and understand the realities of, of the world and of life. And as a result, I think that's a big source of why as homo sapiens, you know, we have emotional struggles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, we have mood issues. We have huge ups and huge downs that can be uh, entirely taxing and sometimes really get the best of us in a, in a dangerous way. And mm -hmm. I'm somebody that, like everybody, it's not, not a unique story. I'm not a unique person but I've just had some emotional struggles and lived a, a majority of my life, I would say uh, um, dysthymic, which is generally numb mm. and non-understanding of my feelings and emotions. And it's a baseline where I really just wasn't in touch with, with myself and my feelings. Mm -hmm, I, yeah. I thought I was, but, but I wasn't. Yeah. And, and something, was, something was wrong. And, and over time, it, it got worse. Oh. Yeah. Got, it got much worse. And I think one of the, the hardest things is seeing everyone else live and have this perspective and this range of emotions. And I always wanted to be someone that I wasn't, but I, I knew something was off, but I couldn't understand it because that was my baseline. That was my normality. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, it got so bad, it became a, from a dysthymic to a, to a much darker emotional hole. And through that, I was, I was really at my worst. I really just had some really dark days. Mm -hmm. And I, I got some treatments through, through, through some therapy. And in addition to that, I started to understand what was wrong with me um, through therapy and just through kind of a lot of reading and, and taking time off of life. And part of what I realized is that I wasn't doing anything for anyone else. And I was just focusing on myself and what I thought were my problems and my deficiencies and that I wasn't the person I wanted to be. And as a result, I realized that I hadn't been doing things for anybody else or taking care of anybody else. And in a way I was quite selfish and I'm gonna use the word narcissistic because mm -hmm. I was only thinking about my own issues, my own problems. It was me, 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 me. And I didn't even have a plant that I was taking care of in my life. I didn't even have a succulent, which oh. are very easy to care of, by the way. Succulents <laughs> are the relatives of cats, I think, sometimes. <laughs> that is so funny. So. Living in Texas, you know a lot more than me about succulents. But the, the therapist I was with kind of talked about my childhood. And part of that was I, my, my best friend growing up, and we all have had tough childhoods no matter what. I mean, it's difficult growing up in the world to as I mentioned, our, our instincts and our reason and, and nature can be cruel as well as beautiful and, and amazing. But I had a cat that really saved me through my, my worst adolescent pains. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was always there. He was kind of like a cat dog and Rosenberg's <laughs> like a dog cat. And I'll get to that later. <laughs> but, but my cat really was an, an epitome of innocence, of beauty, companionship and really made me happy during my, my hardest times that I had. My, my therapist said, you know, you, you love animals. You keep talking about them. Maybe you should become a, an animal parent. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? It, 
that's a novel idea, but I can't even take care of myself. I'm, I'm having such a hard time. And he said, give it time. And, yeah. and, I, and I took his advice and I started to feel a little bit better focusing on myself. And, and then I, I became a dog dad for the first time with, with Rosenberg. And, and through that, through focusing on him and only him, as I rebuilt myself and dedicating my time, my energy to his happiness, to his exercise, to his eating right, to his social life, I was able to understand that it made me so happy and it was the portal to the meaning of my life that I've, I always struggled to not, couldn't understand, but it was caring for other people other than myself yeah. and doing all I could to do to, to help others and to help others lift up through the animal companionship that helped me. And that was the portal to many other things that I've learned. It's also how I became this animal parent on social media, which is how you found me. I think you said in one of your interviews that in showing companion or um, compassion to Rosenberg and being able to love him and um, fe have feelings for him, it opened it up for you to have those feelings for other people too. And not just, you know, people close to you, but just for humanity, I think was the words you used. And he really extracted my humanity, but I always had, but I didn't quite understand. It was, it was the portal to empathy, mm -hmm. yeah, which is what I was lacking it. for myself and for others. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's and hard it, to have it, it for it, others when you don't have it for yourself. And it's hard to have it for yourself yeah. when you don't have it for others. It's, it's a pervasive. Um, exactly. It's a catch-22 yeah. cycle. And, and one of the things, a lot of people that are going through a hard time, we see them and they're often kind of cold or shut off or they don't say hi or smile. And it's very easy to say that that's an unfriendly person or an angry person or you know somebody who's rude. But the truth is they're probably going through something yeah, as I yeah. was. Yeah. And everybody has the potential to be opened up and to crack into the humanity of themselves. But we have to give them patience. That's when they need the most amount yeah. of understanding, not the least. And it's kind of counterintuitive, but as somebody that has, you know, been that way, I, I see others and I, I just want to encourage others to have patience for people that seem close to they, That's when they need help. Well, and our pets do that so well. They just do it instinctually. They can tell when we're not at our best, when we're down. They're, they don't, they don't run away when we're sad or we're angry. They, they come in closer. And so I feel like my dogs, my pets have taught me a lot about how to interact in my personal relationships. You know, my dog is happy if my husband comes home at five, six, seven, or eight. He doesn't care. He's just glad to see him. It doesn't <laughs> matter to him. I'm like, that's the way that it should yeah. be. Should be happy to see people no matter what. Mm -hmm. And just just to open your hearts and and it's a lack of judgment. Yeah. And backing up a, a little bit, you were talking about the difference between people and animals. I think the ego um, is important too. You know that we recognize that man has ego. We have women have ego. You know, we but the animals don't. They don't. They don't care what they look like. They don't care. Except Rosenberg. <laughs> Except Rosenberg. Yeah. They don't judge us by what we look like. And one of the things that, that I learned through him and like talk about is they they function on something that's that I call the a love meritocracy. Mm -hmm. So they don't care. Yeah what we look like, how much money we make, what political party we vote for, what religion we pray to. 
anything the color of our skin they just give us the love based on the love we give them and everything is equal which is how we should conduct ourselves i felt that way when i was raising my son um we had a we had a dog and i thought of all the lessons that the dog taught me not you know, not through verbal, not through written, but just through action. And I thought that is the best example. The best way I can teach my son is by kind of pointing out these these uh, principles that my dog lived by. And, you know, children learn mostly through through experience and through what they see and not what they hear and not what they read. So it was a perfect, um, perfect partner, not extra partner for me to raise my child and, and, um, in, in pointing out some of the things that our dog did mm-hmm. just naturally. And he's to this day has, I actually, the, the little one I had on my lap, he found, he was riding his bike and um, said, said he saw this little dog and looked a little scruffy. And he knocked on the neighbor's door and said, is this your dog? And the neighbor said, no, but I've been feeding it for 10 days. He surmised at his young age of 13 that, well, if you're feeding it, you're not, you're not bringing it in at night. And so, oh, oh, you're so sweet. So he said, I, I've got it. I'll take it from here and drove this little dog home on his bike, I guess. And, um, and Beautiful. you know, yeah, look at him. And, and then that brings us to the point, this fabulous dog. He said, look, look what I got, mom, look what I got us. And he was so proud of himself. And you look at this and this dog was for free. We got this incredible dog who makes us laugh every single day, who wakes up. He's like sunshine in our house every day. He, it's always Every day a party. is Christmas. Every day is Christmas, Easter, his birthday, his birthday the 4th of <laughs> July wrapped in one because he wakes up and he is so happy and ready for the day. And that's a great lesson in and of itself, right? Just start start from the top. And before we lose him again, because he's got some, some things he wants to do over here, I just want to point out that we did call each other today. Uh, <laughs> we, usually we wind up wearing the same thing because... You guys twin, but we twin for real. This is and, an homage to, yeah, to you. And this is, we're representing, <laughs> we're, uh, we're doing the Topher Brophy Rosenberg show. And so we called each other last night and we're like, we got to rock the Burberry outfit. Shout out to Burberry. If you want to send Second, free dog sweaters, we'll take them. You didn't have to call each other because you're twins. You live together also. Okay. You pointed it out. No, we didn't call each other. We just telepathically thought it and the other one received it. Mm-hmm. And so that was how it, that, that went out. <laughs> No, one of the things that's that's interesting that I love about your organization so much is that you you seek to elevate the role and the status of of animals and dogs in, in our society. And yeah. this is one of the things that I feel like people don't understand, and and it's, it needs to be. We have to kind of pound the pavement a little bit. Mm-hmm. Our survival as a species is directly related to our relationships with dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, we go back thirty thousand years. It's scientifically stated and un- unrepeated that they were our hunting partners. Mm-hmm. They were our alarm clocks, our security systems. And we literally evolved with them. Our evolution yeah. is in reaction to them and theirs to us. Without them, we wouldn't be here right. as the dominant species. And we kind of owe them and our relationship a lot more credit than it's given. Granted, it, it's known as man's best friend, but there's still so many people in societies that treat them in such a harsh, horrible way. And I, I love that that's part of your mission statement because it's it's something that people don't give credit to. And it also speaks to our unique relationship to them now. And what I what I like to say is that we're, we're born with what I call a love generator. 
And, you know, it's intertwined with our innocence, as I mentioned before, but as we get older, the generator kind of runs out of some batteries through the things we go through. And one of the things that our animals do, and our dogs specifically being so intertwined with us, is they love batteries that recharge our generators continuously by reminding us to be naturally happy, mm -hmm. to be naturally present, to not judge others. Yeah to be loyal, to keep our word, to keep our integrity. Forgiveness. And so many other things that keep us honest and put a, put a mirror to our own behavior. Mm -hmm. And this helps us in such unquantifiable ways. They're doing the same thing for us now in modern times, but in an emotional level, because our survival isn't in jeopardy. But on that note, it, it kind of will be. And that's part of what is just so on my mind about the impending environmental problems we're having as a as a world society and to be natural and to act naturally as they do with consuming what we need and not having too much which is kind of how they behave in the natural world is kind of what we have to go back to and it's a it's a really amazing example for us that we need more than ever as humans i never thought about that but that dogs, animals, they don't take more than what they need. They don't. They they take what they need for survival and they don't they don't require anything else. And again, I think it comes back to ego, you know, our egos that that separate us or make us different than than animals. This it's very interesting, Topher. I never thought about that. You know, there's so many things and I'm working on something. I think I might have mentioned Sometimes it's tough to speak because it's tough. I don't want to tell you about how because I love them. I'm working on a book right now, and, and part of part of the book is just telling the kind of backstory that I've I've gone through. And the book is only to encourage people to benefits of animal companionship mm -hmm. as it's helped me. I want others that are struggling, because we all struggle. But some people, if I didn't discover Rosenberg, I wouldn't I wouldn't be functional right now. Yeah. But I'm I'm writing the book to really go into the details of how he helped me and why so other people can understand that. But I think there's more of a philosophy we can learn by basically, you know, people say sometimes be the person your dog thinks you are. Mm -hmm. I want to get into how we can be more like them and how it'll help us be better to ourselves, each other, and to the world. Mm -hmm. Almost like a, a philosophy. There's a lot of, you know, cultures and no culture is obviously perfect, but they that they revere animals in certain ways. And if we revere them as, you know, philosophically as, as deities in certain ways, I think we could really make some strides of kind of improving the world society and a lot of the problems we have right now. Yeah. I can't help but notice the difference, the span of how you're talking about animals and how they can help save the world. And Tina and I say that a lot, you know, they, they're therapists, they're loves, their truth, they're all these good things. They're, if we live our lives the way they do, we would have so many fewer problems in the world. So you talk about them in those terms. And then you look at cities like Houston, where we have hundreds of thousands of strays, Topher, on our streets, animals that don't have homes, who are out there every day suffering and struggling just to get food, just to get water, just not to get hit by a car. And so as a, as a society in living in Texas, living in Houston, we have to 
we have so far to go. You know, they're considered a nuisance in some parts of our town because they are so plentiful that they're almost like they're considered, um, you know, like you get too many, too many cockroaches or too many of this or that. So you have to start exterminating them. They're considered, they're almost considered that right now. You can, you can be in a neighborhood and watch people drive by stray after stray after stray. And it's like, they're not squirrels. Those are dogs. They belong in homes. They belong um, in a place that they get food, water, shelter, love. But we're just driving by them every day because there are so many of them right now that um, they've become a nuisance and they've become a health, a health and, and, and um, health and public, uh, safety. public safety. Thank you. They can be helping people that have obviously you know, emotional problems, right. PTSD, alcoholism, commitment issues. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Did you see they're using, they're using them now to detect COVID. There's a hundred percent, I think it's almost a 100% um, success or yeah, success in treating COVID. They're sniffing out COVID before people are showing signs. It's better than the the PCR test they're using, you know, which God only knows. Which takes four or five days, right? (laughs) Right. Well, and you look at prison programs too, you know, where animals go in and the prisoners are training dogs, but in return, they're becoming more human and humane mm-hmm. by working with animals. And those are really successful programs all over the country, which we need to expand on because it's, it's, um, it's, it's a way for us to become a better society. And backing up quite a bit, I'm so glad that you recognized, Topher, that we want to elevate the status of animals in our society. When we were working on our mission, we just kept drilling down and drilling down. And yes, it's to save animals. And yes, it's to be um, treat them more humanely. But ultimately, when you elevate um, the status of animals, and it's, all those problems go away. You know, all the everything that you need to do just falls into place once they people recognize their worth and their value. Because it, it basically extracts the humanity out of us. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. before, as I mentioned, when someone's not looking happy and they're rude, and there's a good person in everybody. Yeah. There really is. They're, they're, yeah. they're, sometimes it's buried by some layers. I know that myself, given kind of what I've been through and, and how I was before you know, I became a dog dad. Mm-hmm. And where do you want to go down? I'm going to give them, put them down for one second. Bye, Rosenberg. <laughs> Thank you. So, we sometimes we need to help extracting that and and they're they're the extractors that can do that it's like the power of what they can do for us we've only scratched the surface of it in modern times mm-hmm. and i think companies like like yours and what i'm trying to do in, in writing the book can really hopefully unlock that to a large group of people you know and i think about it sometimes that it's the thing that we can all agree on and rally around. It's there's so many divisive things that human beings, especially it seems like more now than ever, can disagree on and use to have a conflict. Mm-hmm. But this is a uniter for people yeah. on yeah. all political sides, on all different cultures mm-hmm. and philosophies and creeds and religions. And that's something that you know we've aimed to do through our social media presence. And that's kind of why we do it is because we just need to be united around to us the most important thing that can 
bring people together and the distracted humanity. It's, it's really the great unifier. Mm-hmm. We need that more than the ever. Convener. It's the convener of all of us. Correct. When you and get to, your book done, can we host a, a book signing for you? Oh, I would love that so much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to thinking Houston? the same thing. Will you come to Houston to bring Rosenberg? If, you know, if 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 I'm allowed to with you know my because you know, you know, we have we have two dogs and two small kids. So if well, if I'm allowed to with, logistically, if I could, <laughs> if I could pull it off, I, I would I would absolutely love to be there. Um, more than anything, and um, I'll keep you in, informed on how the progress goes. I like talking about the book too because it puts pressure on me to, to, to get it to, done. Do you have a title for the book yet? And if you do, are you sharing it, or is it is it still no, under wraps? I, I just locked one, but I don't. I might get in trouble if I don't say, say it. it. Okay, then. Yeah, my, my publisher, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you two offline. Okay. Did your um, stylist slash wife know that we're Swedish, of S- Swedish extract? Because when you sat up a little bit, it looked like you had a little bit of that Swedish little uniform on. You know those, um, I don't know. I just have visions of when I was young and people wearing the clogs and dancing. And um, it just got <laughs> I was thinking little... it was Gucci. Oh, yeah. Well, it could be <laughs> Gucci and still be Swedish. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I'm sure it's Swedish inspired. So are you two first or second generation Third American. generation, third, third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, okay. on our mom's side, on our dad's side, were many, uh, quite a few generations, but yeah, third generation on our mom's side. I mean, it, I again, I'd love to come to Houston just to do a photo session with. Oh, wouldn't that come be to fun? New York too, but we really need you here because we need to talk about your your philosophy about animals and then where Houston is at with, and how we treat our animals and show show what a wide range that is and the try disparity. to bring those, yeah. the disparity and bring those closer together. We're not going to bring you down. We're going to bring Houston up and and we need you here. So I mean let's think about this for a second. I mean just because you know we're we're Americans and there's such divisiveness that is continuing to spiral out of control. And obviously some people thrive on that, which is which is the issue in our media cycle is related to that, unfortunately, as well. But think about two people that really just disagree. Whatever side they're on, they hate each other, they dig deeper in their bunker, which is what people do. Think about it, if each one of those people had a puppy Mm -hmm. in their laps and was petting them and taking care of them, think about how much harder it would be for each person to disparage the other person. Mm -hmm. And if humanity was being extracted at that moment by showing the empathy of, and kindness of this beautiful animal yeah. that has this innocence. It's a lot harder for people to fight that way. Right. We, need, each yeah. other. we need to add dogs or cats or any little pet to the peace talks. And mm-hmm. Put them in the room and <laughs> see what happens. You know, that's exactly or what debates. I Or debates. What about debates on stage? I, I, nothing. <laughs> it, it, it's, it seems like a crazy idea, but that's it, it, it's exactly I'm what is needed, what, what would work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should try it. As you said, it is the great unifier. And we see that in our city um, since we we have 70 plus partners that we work with that help rescue animals. They transport, they do spay neuter. But um, so many of them are different. Their philosophies are different. They might be from different parts of town. They have different ethnicities. They're very different. But then when we do our our gifting event, we invite all of them um, to one event and we announce that the work that they're doing for the city and we bring them all together. And it's, it's, it's the best event. Even though we do a big soiree, we always say that our gifting event is our favorite event because everybody's together 
because they love and care for Houston animals. And um, it's, you bring them into one room. And as you said earlier, everybody, it, it equalizes everybody because the mission is the same and the desire is the same. This is, and this they really is cheer for each other. They do. They that's might it. be fighting on Facebook, but mm-hmm. the night of, they all clap for each other. Yeah. They all well, that's something that we've yeah. encouraged is, yeah, you need to, we need to work together. We, there, this, the resources aren't limited. This isn't a zero sum game. This is, you know, if you if you believe in a higher power, the resources are unlimited. We just have to continue to attract it. This is what can save us, which is a very lofty statement, but I truly believe that it can save us. And we need saving. Yeah. From you ourselves. There's so much there's so much destruction and animosity and you know we're just all so connected now through our digital media. And I think that there's a responsibility that we all have if we're using it. Mm-hmm. I like that you said responsibility because mm-hmm. it is, it's our responsibility. We, we domesticated these animals. We learned so much from them. Um, I think we learned more from them than they've ever learned from us, but we domesticated them. And so uh, it's our responsibility to, to care for them now, certainly not to leave them on the streets. Um, to be used as bait dogs, to be hit by cars and to suffer shot and at. shot at. And, you know, we just, we have to do better by them. It's one, you're always going to have some issues intrinsically in when you run a city or run a society, but this is one that's solvable. We don't have to have this. And it, we really measure our civil civility, I guess, um, based on how we treat animals. So Houston has a long way to go, but we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're finally at the at um, the table, at conversations where stakeholders are saying, yeah, this matters. This matters because maybe they care about animals or maybe they care about economic development. It doesn't matter which, what, which motivator you have. We have to do something in Houston. I mean, you know, on a political scale, it should be a very big, where do you stand on animal welfare? Yeah. It should be up there with what people really care about. Right. It's a, it's a litmus test for so many other things about how they view everything. And when you have a politician or anybody that just flat out doesn't like animals, there's still something good in there, but I don't think I could find it in these people. I, um, I know it's, it's buried because no one actually really feels that way, but that's one of those things that really would scare me about a human being. I have to say mm-hmm. it, it, it's just buried really deep yeah. if they say that outwardly. And because I don't think they really mean it. You can't I, mean it. I agree yeah. with you. I don't think they really nope. mean it either. I think they're either uneducated or I hate I'm not don't say this in a judgmental way, but they're 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 flawed or they had something happen to them where they shut down that part of them that, that can love the way that an animal can teach you to love. And Topher, I'm glad you brought that up about the political oh, yep. um, system because um, a couple of years ago in the elections, we we started out just by having all elected, as many elected officials as possible, complete a survey on how they felt about animals and what their um, their intent was to help solve this problem, this crisis that we have in Houston. And then in the last elector or last elections, we actually had a um, uh, we, uh, uh, forum where we asked them questions and asked them what um how do they care about animals and and what are their intentions for solving this and so it's now a part of the platforms 
of elected officials in Houston. We had to put it there, but at least it's there. And so we're we're excited about that. And even the new mayoral candidates that are coming up in 2023 are already talking about animal animal welfare and the crisis in Houston. They're coming to us. So it didn't take long to get there. Um, just like just like the other things that that need to be done, it's not going to take long to get there. We just have to keep talking about it. And I'm looking. That's, at that's, an, that's an achievement. That's a that's a huge step in the right direction. I think I just want to kind of continue something I mentioned earlier when we first started talking, you know, innocence. It's, you know, obviously what our, our animals have because they, they don't have the rational thoughts that conflict with their instincts like we do. I think as humans, we're always trying to go back to that place. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to revisit that place. You know, I see it in, in you know, obviously small humans as, as Parents understand that too. We want to go back and, and you know, not to make this kind of theological, but metaphorically we'll call that back in the garden. Mm-hmm. They're always in the garden. Mm-hmm. And by being around them, we're able to touch back in that place where once we came. We can't live there anymore where they are but we can be associated with it and we can remind ourselves that it's in us through them. And that's part of the reason why we're so attracted to them yeah. and why they light us up so much is because we're able to go back there and, and we all have it, but we lose it once we can kind of do things as kids premeditatively, mm-hmm. you know, where we can figure out we can do this and it's good or it's bad. We kind of lose that, but it's the innocence. Mm-hmm. We always want to go back there and, just staring at your puppies on screen so right now. Cute. I know, I just love them. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap up here. We could talk all day as as usual, but um, I want to just go back to what what Eckhart Tolle said is is that they are connected to source, so they are sometimes the our connection to source, and you know, it just you can feel that when you when when you're around them and and when you hold them and when you look at them and when they do their funny things and make you laugh. So. Um, Thank you, Topher, for all of your wisdom about animals, for having already elevated the status of them in your world and in your culture and in your books and your podcasts and your your YouTube videos and all your the Instagram, inter- your, your Instagram. And yeah, please follow Topher and and all the interviews you do, too. You you are elevating the status of animals, which is what we're trying to do. And if, as Tina said, if we do that, then all of the issues, all of the problems go away. So thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Um, tell thank Rosenberg that we send our gratitude for his time and uh, I will. he's showing up. It, Topher, what is your Instagram so people can follow you? Because it's just a oh, joy. Oh, yes. Thank you. It's just at T-O-P-H-E-R-B-R-O-P-H-Y. Perfect. It, it makes me smile. It's such mm-hmm. an easy smile every day. So it should be a part of everybody's um, morning meditation, just looking at you and, and your sweet Rosenberg. And um, thank you, as Tama said, thank you so thank much. You. It's so, it's a blessing to know you. It's a gift to know you, yeah. Topher. Feeling couldn't be more mutual. You, you two in your organization are, are working to help humanity. And I greatly appreciate the interest 
and everything that you do. Uh, it's a pleasure to know you and to stay in touch with you. Great. Thank you. We'll talk soon and we'll uh, wait for the date for the book signing. You just let us know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could send our rescue. We could send the transport bus for all of you. Your whole crew can come down. <laughs> I, I, I love it all because it's going to make me write harder tonight. Good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Take care. Blessings. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care.